So you're all very welcome to today's edition of The Road We Are On podcast. And we're delighted today to be joined by Yvonne Colucci, who's Managing Director of Odyssey International, and Sue Uda, who's Managing Director of A Touch of Ireland, both heavily involved in the incoming tour operation side of Irish tourism. You're very welcome this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. So I suppose we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about the Irish tourism industry, where we are at the moment. I know it's a difficult time for everybody, and we'll probably perhaps get onto that a little bit later on. But maybe just to get an idea about your path to the uh, where you currently are. So maybe Yvonne, how did it all start for you, and how did you end up as managing director of Odyssey International? Well, it, it, it all started a long time ago, in uh, probably yeah, 1995. I started as a tour guide. So um, I did that for about uh, six years. And then from there, it was a kind of a, a logical uh, progression to get into behind the scenes and start working for tour operators in the office. So then I worked for Abbey Tours, Irish, Irish Traveller Partners, Irish Welcome Tours, did a little stint in, in hotels in Mount Juliet, and then eventually uh, ended up in 2003 in Odyssey International. And then from then, that was my home, still my home. And then, yeah, progressed to, you know, being a director. And then uh, this year for my sins, promoted to managing director, just uh, in time to deal with this lovely COVID situation. <laughs> so that's yeah, really great, in a short great timing. Uh, great timing in that, Yvonne. Great timing, yeah. And then, Sue, you've got a kind of significant anniversary coming up now shortly, being involved in the industry. Oh, stop. <laughs> I only realised when I was writing the um, my little bio for you, um, I will have been working in tourism for 50 years on the 10th of August. Wow. Which, which is amazing. Congratulations. Really. Oh, no, I don't think it's congratulations. It's probably you must have started very, very young. So you must have started very young. I'm, I started as a child, you understand. Um, and No, no, my background, my, how did I get into tourism? I studied languages at UCD and one summer had to go to work in Austria and uh, in Austria I got a job in a hotel so I worked in the hotel for about four or five months and absolutely loved it so when I finished my degree I decided that the, the hotel industry was for me um, went to London on a one-week holiday and ended up staying for 20 years got a job in a hotel chain one of the big hotel chains in London and worked in hotels for six seven years then um, sort of around the sales and reception and all of the, the administration areas, then left the hotels. I was poached actually by one of the hotel clients to come and work for them in the tour operating side of things. And then worked for uh, an Italian company based in London for about eight years uh, running. They had charter series, charter flights weekly from Portugal, Spain, Austria, Germany, and a huge series of flights from Italy, but I didn't work on the Italian program. Uh, and I ran the, the flights from Portugal, Spain, Munich, and um, Vienna. So that was, that was a lot of travel, um, a lot of crazy work, because we were probably the first big charter company this was, I mean, we're, I'm talking many years ago now. Mm. We were the first big charter company from Europe into um, the UK. So we were making it up as we went along. I mean, we, there was no sort of um, handbook of how to operate something of that size. I mean, a good Easter weekend for us was about 6,000 people. 
yeah. on, on, on groups that you had no idea where they were. They pro half of them probably didn't have hotels. It was kind of chaos. But, um, and then I, I left them in, uh, after about eight years and went to run a small company. It was a very small DMC and it was a DMC. It was the first time that DMC had kind of come into the world of travel. And we dealt with very upmarket Americans and UK events. And France, you know, we did other countries as well if they came to us. But it was it was a small deluxe events company. So that was interesting because it was completely the other was mass tourism. The, the country homes and castles was very exclusive, small stuff. And I was there for about another eight years, and finally um, decided that why was I always working for somebody else? that I should really make, make a big step. So we moved back to Ireland. Not for that reason, actually, probably more for education for uh, my son uh, and set up Touch of Ireland based on, if you like, the clients I'd met over the previous 20 years who said, oh, we'll give you business, we'll give you business. Um, and well, that's it really. There's the story 32 years later, I'm still here. Um, a Touch of Ireland, thank God, is still here. And we're still working with a lot of those clients. So. Yvonne, the tourism business, like it's not a nine to five business. It's, um, yeah. it's a business that you, you kind of, okay, there's some highs and lows. You're, you're quieter maybe at certain points in the year. So much work goes into different projects in advance of them coming in. And it's so important that the people around you, uh, that you surround yourself with, that obviously your staff, um, obviously your suppliers, uh, and your teams that you work with it can be coach drivers, can be guides, um, can be people that do your audiovisual, can be people that put on your 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 um, your meals. It's such an important element that the team around you are are efficient and professional in what they do. And I think over the last ten years, what I've noticed is uh, since we've come out of recession, is that Ireland Inc. as a tourism destination had really stepped up. Yeah. No, totally, 100%. I mean, we, at the end of the day, we offer a service. So a service uh, is all about people. And it's actually our job as a DMC, as any to operation with the middle people. So it's very important that we choose carefully who we work with uh, in order to maintain that, that very high standard. And it absolutely, over the last, I mean, for as long as I've been, you know, in, in the industry, and as I progress myself, you know, from guiding to, to operation, to DMC, um, people have become more and more professional. And, you know, the retaining of the talent that we have is probably one of the most important thing today uh, to keep in mind and the, the, the challenge we have. Because, you know, we as companies have invested heavily in, in the staff we have. Um, but also in the uh, suppliers we have, you know, because it's all a collaboration, you know, we work together, we share information, we share expertise, we, we, we share experience, and we build on that. And when you actually listen to the clients we have, the feedback they give you, um, come, because they, our clients travel all over the world and they bring, you know, uh, our participants and our uh, customers all over the world and they always come back and say my god you Irish people you're amazing and how you deliver you just get it you guys just get it so it, it is and it's not just us you know in the DMCs or in the tour operator it's obviously everybody you know and that includes the people who are facing immediately the participants 
who are the drivers and the guides. It starts with them, you know, at the airport. They're the ones to give the big welcome. And it starts from there and then it moves on. But a successful event, a successful incentive, a conference tour, you know, a tour around the country can only be delivered successfully if everybody plays their part. Yeah, that, so, that's crucial, Sue, isn't it? Because if one part of it breaks down, it's really difficult to pick it back up again. In other words, if there's one element of the tour or the trip, especially on the corporate incentive, because you've got so many individual things going on, on an extended tour, you kind of got your hotels, your drivers and your bits and pieces, but on a corporate incentive, you've got your dinners, you've got your lunches, you've got your day trips, you've got your evenings. It's so there's so many elements. So let, in the last 20 years, Sue, I mean, even through the recession, I mean, what have you seen change in Ireland dramatically? And is it harder to please the clients that are coming in or is because the product is there, it's easier? Hmm, interesting. Um, I, think this, I think I agree with uh, Yvonne. The thing that I've seen changing is the understanding of service. Now, it, we're, we've still got a bit to go. I'm going to bring a little negative into that. We've got a tiny bit to go. But I think, it, sort of, if you like, there used to be... I think what changed was the conception of time, actually. Mm, yeah. I, mean, I, I remember years ago, you sent a request for something and you could, you'd be sitting, pulling your teeth out, waiting for the, the answer. Now, it, it's accepted. You get your answer in the day. The answer is more efficient. Uh, and people have learned that if you, if you answer quickly, if you do things properly, you get more. So it, it is, it's a more business-like approach, really. Um, on, on the administration side of it. On the client side of it, are they more difficult? Um, I, I'm not convinced they are more difficult. I yeah. think they're, they're different difficult. Years, years ago, if I look back to the very beginning, they were difficult because they were clueless. Therefore, you were leading them around by the hand and trying to sort of contain them. Now they're much more sophisticated. They know what they want from travel and they know what they expect. So is it more difficult? Not really. Yeah, but in, in, in a small scenario, I mean, sometimes you get a lot of younger people working. I remember from, from being out and about, you get a lot of younger people working in the industry and you, know, you could be on an evening time and they're really working hard and you kind of get this leader that would come in that would be quite difficult and you would be told, watch out for, for, for the leader. And I'm just wondering, in, in all walks of life, things are changing now. As we, across the, across the, the world, people have to be much more conscious of who they talk to and, and how they talk to people and, and concerning bullying and concerning just mental health and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just wondering, is the day of a person coming in, whether it be from America or from Europe, and making a particular making life really difficult for, for staff of an incoming tour. Is that gone or is that still there? No, it's, most of it is caused by culture. Right. It, it's not because they're nasty and it's not because they're whatever. It's because that's the way they behave in their home scenario. I mean, we, we actually sometimes have to take the tour leader aside and say, if you want to get this done in Ireland, you mm -hmm. have to speak to people calmly, clearly, state your case and they will do it. And they can't, because they're used to shouting to get somewhere. Yeah. In Italy, the, the person who shouts, shouts loudest gets dealt with first. Yeah, and I know yeah. for my own sake, I've met people, maybe not dealing through the incoming tour operators because they generally deal with all what you, but I know I've met people that, that were doing direct stuff for, and you'd go and meet them and they'd say, we want this, 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 and this, and this. And you'd be sitting across them saying, yep, yeah, no problem. 
yep, that's no hassle. Yep, that's fine. That'll work in fine. And they said, well, can you give me a direct? I'd say to them, look, don't worry about it. On the day, it'll be 100%. Yeah. Right. And they're looking at you nervous across, because that's the Irish way. We, we'll deal with it. We do it all the time. With sort of, but they're looking at you nervously across because they want it maybe in writing. They want the efficiency. Well, no, but, and it, doesn't, it, it doesn't happen in other countries. We do country. that all the time. This is our job, and, and it'll be fine. And then afterwards, after the event, they come to you and you sort of say, mm. that was grand. Perfect, you know. Yeah, but but also it's true that, you know, the people that we work with, they they have to put a lot of trust in you because, you know, they're based in America or France or Italy, wherever they are. They don't know uh, the people in Ireland. They don't know the suppliers. They don't know the country. But it's also their responsibility to ensure that the event goes well. So very often, as Sue said, it can, you know, it's the culture, but it's also the fact that they're a little bit nervous themselves because they're not in as much control as, let's say, we are. Mm -hmm. So um, that can cause the friction. So once they kind of understand that you have things in good hands, they relax um and and that makes it smoother too so it's important the relationship you know to build the relationship and the trust with your clients because you're kind of training them you you explain to them the culture because absolutely and especially in ireland you know you don't get anywhere by by pushing and shouting and but yeah in some cultures like the french or it's it's totally how they function you know they don't understand any other way but i think the time concept is also interesting because um now everything is immediate, you know, like with the phones, the emails, whatever. Um, but I think with this COVID situation, things might change a little in, in relation to time. And I kind of think that people are going to be a little bit more patient uh, from now on, you know, because this has taught us a lesson as well, I think, on a human level. Uh, we've all had to ooh, seriously go down, you know, and and our days are so different from a few months ago, you know, we don't run around like lunatics anymore. So it'll yeah, be interesting to see what the really culture will be. But then moving on, so if we come into 2020 and we come into uh, post-COVID, I mean, maybe before we go into post-COVID, I mean, 2020 was looking as, as a good year for, I think, for mm, people. Very yeah. good. Um, you know, we had the European Championships in, in Ireland this year with the American football as big events. Cruise liners was going to be the maximum they were going to be for a number of years because Dublin Port were reducing the capacity next year. Cardiff uh, around the world um, had come back again really after the recession the last couple of years had started reinvesting their people, had starting to reinvest into programs. So 2020 was looking to be a really, really good year. And I suppose, Sue, just going to you, with regard to 2020 and the, the, the amount of cancellations that you've had during this period of time, I mean, if you if you could forecast a little bit, I mean, do you see it coming back? I mean, obviously, I think we're looking at 2021 now. You work mainly with the European market. If we can get, uh, you know, obviously, if there's a vaccine com comes back quickly, everything will come back quicker. But if it doesn't come back and we have to live with COVID, um, you know, is, are there green shoots for, for, for Irish tourism next year? I, I, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm actually probably ridiculously optimistic because... I think what's going to happen if if we have to live with it, okay, the two scenarios, if we get a, a cure or a vaccine, I think it, it will turn around very quickly. If we don't and we have to live with it, I think people people will learn to live with it. And people who are in countries of a similar level as we are, well, I mean, what's the point in staying home? You might as well come here and have a holiday and stay home because your chances of getting it are, are are similar, if not better, here because you're not going to be going to supermarkets. and you're So I think people will balance that. And I mean, we're, we're seeing within the European markets, we still see 
We still have groups standing for September, October. We have a group that wants, is determined to come in August. I don't know if they'll make it or not. Um, but we st and we see a huge determination that they're going to come. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. I, 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 do, I think as much as we have Irish people who are dying to leap on, on a plane and go to Spain or wherever for in, in August and September, I think there are also people of all of the other nationalities who are dying to come here. And, and we are, I mean, the one bonus we have out of, of all of this is the European perception of Ireland has gone up a notch. Okay. We behaved correctly. Um, Leo got great publicity when doing his day a day a week as a doctor. Um, so we are thought of as being a sensible, safe country that behaved right. So, so people are more likely to come. And here. a couple of things in that, Yvonne, you might take up on these. I mean, as a concern about getting people into Ireland, I mean, the airlines obviously are in huge difficulty at the moment. Uh, we've got Ryanair, Aer Lingus, um, who we absolutely need to continue uh, to to boost tourism in this country. Okay, at the minute, there's this grey area whether it's suitable for people to go out again. But we had we had super access into the country the last number of years. We had routes coming in from mm. loads of different destinations in America. We had the Far East destination, we had the Chinese, we had Cathay Pacific. In other words, Ireland were, was becoming a real hub for people to get in and out of. And I know the American market is difficult, Yvonne, and maybe you might elaborate on I know it's difficult, and certainly for 2020, the American market probably won't happen. But again, do you feel that if we can get things turned around, and if they can get things turned around in America, will we have those access routes back in again? Will Aer Lingus and will the American operators still have their slots and still fill those slots? Yeah, that, well, that's a very, uh, <laughs> a very difficult question, I guess, to, to answer. I mean, we definitely, we're an island, so that's, that's simple, you know, and that uh, because we're an island, we need... Uh, we need uh, the airlines to continue flying here with no choice. You know, we're not going to get uh, the kind of business, especially business tourism. We're definitely not going to get it uh, by boat. So, uh, um, so we're going to need a lot of intervention from governments here to, you know, to assist uh, uh, that industry. Um, as for the uh, American uh, market and probably more specifically to business tourism, it's a little bit more tricky. Um, well, first of all, we all know that the situation in the States is not great at the moment from a health point of view and lots of other turmoil there. Um, you know, obviously the quarantine at the moment uh, is, is, I mean, we get it. You know, we, we still want to be a safe uh, destination. We want to continue to do so. We've done very well up to now. So, but at the same time, it's not helping uh, people to come over because you know if you're going to come on an eight-day program holiday or whatever and you have to quarantine for two weeks that's not going to work so um so we do need need some clarity you know even if we just had a date you know when are we going to be able to lift the the, the quarantine that would help tour operators because we're all planning in advance so and it may even help us for the end but, of this year Yvonne you know it may even help us yeah exactly it might you know I mean for us as a DMC you know, in business tourism and working with the American market primarily, for us, 2020 is, is gone, you know, so we're not like, we've no business for this year. It's all been postponed, thankfully, to, to next year. Next year, if we have a medical solution, whatever that is, next year looks very good. Uh, we obviously all have our concerns about whether we will be able to operate because in the, with the incentive more specifically, to be honest with you, you know, it's very difficult to operate any incentive under 
any of these restrictions, you know, the social distances, you know, I mean, I, we don't even need to go any further than that. Yeah. Um, and obviously now we also have the EU kind of saying, you know, there are certain countries like the States and Russia and Brazil that we don't want to get into Europe. And we, we, we get it from a, a, a medical and a health point of view, we get it. But obviously it's highly concerning for our business uh, for, for next year. So I would just really hope that we have this medical solution that will... Um, as Sue said earlier, you know, we'll, we'll actually then start everything quite fast, I would say, you know, because people mm. will always want to travel mm. and they will always want to use travel as well as, as, a, as a tool to reward and, and, and network with their people. And um, that will always be there. We just have to make sure that it happens um, as soon as possible, as possible. Uh, basically, yeah. So that we can all survive, yeah. because our survival is 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 is. I mean, obviously, it's extremely important, but not just for us as individuals, because we look after our our companies. But you know, in the bigger picture, you know, without the tour operators, without the DMCs, um, who's gonna who's gonna manage with that level of expertise and experience, you know, these uh, wonderful incentives that we've had up to now. So we have to be able to continue to deliver uh, on the same, with the same standards and anybody else coming in new, it takes time. It's not a job that you can learn overnight. And even if you do two or three years in college, it's not gonna teach you to do what we do the way we do it with mm -hmm. this level of, of uh, professionalism and and as i said earlier you know ireland has an excellent reputation so we have to be able to maintain that so in the bigger picture we need to be around in order to continue to deliver on that yeah and sue in 2021 um so on a number of different points obviously the suppliers and um, your guides uh, your group leaders your your transport operators we all need those to be around next year when, when it does bounce back, uh, and we hope it will bounce back. Um, so the mechanisms that are being put in place at the moment, uh, certainly on the coach uh, tourism side, we're, it's very disappointing that we haven't had any access to any funds. Uh, I know some countries in Europe, in Italy, they, they paid out a percentage of, of cancellations for, for coach operators. Um, and in France's mechanisms in place and in Germany's mechanism in place, Ireland always seems to be behind the curve in this. And is it, there's certainly a disappointment within the tourism industry this week uh, because of the portfolios that were given out on, on, the, on the department. I mean, certainly the, the ITOA and ITIC really genuinely felt that tourism should have had a, its own portfolio. So in that front, Sue, and moving forward to next year, mm -hmm. I mean, what supports do the ITOA and what supports uh, do uh, members uh, such as yourself really need to, to try and go on and, and reboot Ireland again next year? Well, I mean, the immediate supports we need is we need the COVID uh, wage subsidy to continue through this winter because we just can't maintain our experienced staff without it, simply. Um, Equally, I think a lot of us would uh, need a, some sort of liquidity um, fund. Now, whether it be a grant or it's a loan, a long-term loan at zero interest, whatever. But we, we will need some money to get us through. I mean, essentially, to get us through to next April is, yes. is really where I think we need to be got to. Um, having On the, the sales and marketing front, I mean, we're all ready. As soon as it's safe to send our staff out, we all have staff ready to hit the ground running and go to the different markets and sell. Um, and I think uh, Fulcher Ireland are 
absolutely, and Tourism Ireland, both are sitting there absolutely ready to, to work with us to fund, to help funding. Because again, in this, in, normally we would be funding ourselves, but now we have no money. There's been no income since, mm. essentially since 2019. Therefore, if for us to get out selling, we're going to need some funding. So I suppose uh, comprehensive funding from Tourism Ireland and Fulcher Ireland to get us on the road is vital. And Sue, do you feel that will come direct to the, the income? I, think the, I know they'll have I know they'll have funds for marketing, which will go into a large fund, and they may have um, you know events in different countries. But I mean, I would have thought that the best people to sell Ireland are the people who know Ireland uh, inside out, and they know their customers inside out, and they need to go and say Ireland will be reopened for business again when we when we get that clearance. And you're welcome back in. And this is the product we can get you back in with. I mean, do you think that incoming tour robberies will have direct access to funds? Yes, to be able I to do. I do, without doubt. I think uh, both Tourism Ireland and Fulcher Ireland are absolutely geared up and ready. They have, they have. I mean, they have funds from this year, from 2020, that have not been used because they haven't been able to do any of their activities. So they have a, a sort of a built-up fund ready to go the second it's safe for us to get on the road I, I i actually have no doubt that the money will be there to get our salespeople out there yeah which is which would be really really important and yeah. i mean obviously the wage subsidy scheme i mean in the transport industry it's vital as well too i mean we're as you know we're heading into about 18 winter months um, and it'll be next may or june before mm. uh, coach operators will get revenue again they're looking at monitoriums of only three to six months for the coach vehicle so there's a huge uh, challenge coming down the line for those coach operators to survive to be back in the market for next year to be back in this hopefully when the market returns to be back and able to do to do business with the with the incoming tour operators uh, with regard to the tourism task force i know that it's been set up uh, primarily to to look at the future of tourism over the next two to three years but Yvonne, there's also got some, some asks that are really vital now. And I know the wage subsidy scheme as well, too. But for now, for companies like yourself to survive, and that's critical. Yeah, it, it is absolutely critical. It is, as Sue said, you know, the number one, because, you know, that allows us to, to keep the, you know, the, the talent and then to continue delivering the services that we have up to now. Um, there's obviously other things, you know, liquidity absolutely um, is also uh, vital. Um, we've also asked for, let's say, the VAT reduction, you know, from um, the 13 and a half to 5%. I mean, um, that's also very important because it will make Ireland more competitive. Um, and eventually, you know, when things would pick up again, maybe to go back up to 9%. But um uh, that that would really help and um, more specifically maybe with the uh, business tourism of the DMCs is to maybe look at as well a, um, a VAT refund scheme you know for our clients that would book their services through DMCs and PCOs is to get a sort of a VAT refund uh, scheme because that will help them and encourage them to book all the services through us. So and also would, to book Ireland. And to book Ireland, because there are other countries in Europe that already have schemes uh, such as these in place, like Spain and, and Portugal. So if we want to be competitive within Europe, uh, you know, we really have to put the best chances on our side. So that would also be very important. I think that's critically, Yvonne, because, uh, I mean, 
I know Ireland are going to be competing with so many other European cities next year. Um, and they're all going to want uh, yeah. to be back. And I know some countries will put a lot more into tourism than we're going to put into tourism. And it's really difficult for you know, incoming tour operators, DMCs, to go out to their suppliers and look for a reduction in the suppliers because those suppliers will be lucky to be here next year. They'll be lucky to Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it will be very difficult for those suppliers to go and say, yeah, we're going to give you a reduction in our rates from maybe for 2019 yeah. to 2020 because it's going to take them two to three years to trade out of it. And if they yeah. go into a market that's already depressed with, with rate-wise, it's just going to be impossible for them to get out. So the, the absolute essential thing is the government get on board through VAT schemes and through elements that you don't have to go to your suppliers and, yes. find, and keep Ireland competitive, but it may not be the suppliers that will have to carry it on the back. Exactly. It wouldn't be fair for the suppliers, you know, to, to we've already, we're already suffering. Uh, and everybody, you know, all the suppliers are suffering. And as you said, you know, <laughs> you know, whoever is going to be able to survive this. So absolutely government intervention here is, uh, is, is essential. Um, and, you know, yes, when you look at, you know, the entire Europe, the entire country, the entire world, you know, we're all going to try to get a piece of that pie. So, um, yeah, we really need those support in place. And, and we need other um, bit of information, clarities on mass gathering and, you know, the social distances and, and all of that. But they, they come afterwards. Come, exactly. Yeah. So if you had a meeting tomorrow with our, our new minister for, for, for tourism, as long with a huge portfolio with Catherine Martin, I mean, what would be the main points that you would be getting across to her about how vital tourism is? Because I, I think there's, a, there's an impression in this country that tourism is not as vital as it is, but it's a huge industry. It's probably, you know, it's one of the biggest industries we have in this country. You know? I, I, I feel this pandemic actually might have brought home to them how, how much we're responsible for because when they you know they have seen through the the number of people that have are, are out of work and and i think the, the if you like the, the the seasonality and and also the just where the jobs are i mean all over the country so if they don't if they don't get the tourism hub working they will have people unemployed all along outside dublin the rest of the country for a very very long time i think i, I do feel that they've suddenly woken up and i, I um, I mean, Leo Varadkar and, and um, Pascal O'Donoghue do understand it because they were both ministers for tourism and they've, they've grasped it. So I think that's hugely on our side that we, we do have them on our side. Um, so I, I think it is, it is just, to, I, it, it irritates me hugely. We are an export industry and, and we should have the, a version of, of Enterprise Ireland working on our side and that we don't have and that that's very very um irritating um so i mean i'm i i don't know anything about catherine martin i'm but i hope that she proves to be a, a, a very efficient woman who gets it and who gets on with it um so all you can do is hope yeah, yeah. I, mean, that really is I think just to say here because sue said it very well but to reiterate, you know, that tourism is the largest indigenous uh, industry uh, we have in Ireland and with the best sort of regional spread. And one people out of nine employed in this country works in tourism and the hospitality industry. So it is so, so important for the uh, Irish economy. I mean, you're looking at 9.3 billion. Uh, you know, that's what it's worth to the Irish economy. So, you know. They really need to get it right. 
I suppose if we leave if we leave COVID behind, and I mean, mm-hmm. there are positive shoots, um, and we're hoping that next year, you know, we get some form of recovery. It won't be it won't be the same as what 2021 should have been, but there will be some form of recovery. And there's, you know, there is positivity within the industry, Sue, and within the industry, Vaughan, there is positivity out there that we can get ourselves back up and running again if we can get the health issue under control. That, you know, drivers that are sitting out there, guides that are sitting out there, suppliers that are, are, are looking at, at, at their businesses at the moment being run down, there is a positivity that we will, we will return. Totally. No, I mean, absolutely. I, I... I, I mean, I would like to be having this podcast with you in the middle of next year and, and be despairing because there are, we need staff at, at all different levels because I, 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 I really do believe it will come back quicker than everybody feared, certainly for tourism. Okay, I'm not necessarily talking on, on a, a, a national level, but I think tourism is an incredibly resilient um, area. And as, as Yvonne said, people do want to travel. And people have very short memories. Yeah. <laughs> the, hu- the human race have incredibly short memories and they will forget that this has happened and they'll be on their holliers before they know it or on their business trip. And from a corporate point of view, I mean, what every company is going to need to do when this is over is reunite their staff. Yeah. Everybody's working in a bedroom somewhere. Yeah, and, and it, it's actually, you know, because people are all zoomed out of us, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and look, the nature of human beings, we're social animals. So all we want is to be together, yeah. you know, to connect and to, you know, have fun and um, exchange ideas and, you know, have a good time. And, you know, there's nothing better than tourism to, to, to provide that. So I think what will be interesting as well is to see how our incentives programs are going to change and i think that there'll be a certain amount of healing that we needed to be done because we're, we're all a bit traumatized now you know, sure, by yeah. this and i think it'll be an opportunity for corporate companies to uh, once it'll be safe obviously to do so to, to kind of say and show their people how they really want to look after them you know yeah. from an holistic and have an holistic approach to it so um, but but travel is a wonderful uh, medium to to say thank you to your staff, reward them, but just be together and have experiences, share special moments, you know, have these memories that will last forever, and nothing else can provide that. That's for sure. What about retirement, Yvonne? That could expediate retirement for certain people. You know the way certain people are always talk about retirement. They may have retirement. Retirement, retirement. What's that? I mean, we've always had a deal for a girl that we must retire at the same time. So if you're not ready, I'm not ready. If I'm not ready, you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people would have a lot of time to reflect over the last couple of months. Okay, before we finish up, two questions that we always ask all the people that that come onto the podcast. Uh, we'll start with Sue, uh, because you're in the business a little bit longer than both of us. If you were to give your 25-year-old self some advice with regard to, it can be personal advice or it can be, uh, it can be business advice, whatever you may feel, what, what advice would you give that 25-year-old self? Apart from saying, watch out in 2020 for COVID. <laughs> no, take a holiday. <laughs> business advice. I wouldn't change anything, actually. I wouldn't change a job um, in my entire life. I, I've enjoyed... Every minute, it's never been dull. Um, and I've learned huge amounts and still I'm learning. So that I'm, I'm happy with. But the thing I would say to myself is, is I, I probably would say be more confident and ambitious because in my mid-20s, I was certainly not 
confident in myself. I didn't have that the belief that I could actually be anything. So, yeah, missed years, I think, is probably what I would say. If, if there's about 10 years that I should have been doing other things. <laughs> Yvonne, any advice for yourself? Um, I would definitely say go for it in the same way that I did. I mean, I really enjoyed the progression, you know, having worked from, you know, the guiding, like being sort of on the road and then going behind the scenes. And like, I love the, the, the progression uh, in my career. And um, it's a wonderful industry. I wouldn't want to work in any other industry, to mm. be honest. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. If you love working with people, there's no better job. No days are no two days are the same. But what's wonderful, I think, about tourism is that it's it's very diverse. You know, diverse in the people that you work with. I mean, you know, this, it's full of characters, and it's a happy industry. You know, people are coming like to have a good time. So, um, but what's really nice as well about it, and I suppose for me, because I was you know coming from France and started as a guide. I think tourism really connects you with the country as well because, you know, we sell a destination. So it immerses you in its culture, in its history, you know, the landscape, uh, the people. Like you really, you know, this, this whole thing like the Anglo-Normans who became more Irish than the Irish themselves. You know, you kind of feel that when you work in tourism, you really get to know and to understand what it is to be Irish and to be here. To be passionate about your, your industry. To be passionate about a job as yeah. well is so important that Ireland is changing. Yeah. Also. Yvonne, just before we go, and Sue, before we go, our final question always to everybody is, if you had one superpower... Oh, God. ...would have one superpower... I know, I know what I will be. <laughs> we're going to give you that... Before we finish up, we're going to give you the option to have one superpower. We're going to say, what is it, Yvonne? I'm going to be like a, a kind of a, a, a half Santa Claus, half superwoman. I'll be travelling, like... Give me, like, about a week to ten days. I'll be flying around the world, and I'll be injecting everybody with the vaccine for COVID. <laughs> And a lot of people out there say you are a superwoman sometimes with all the, with all the incentive groups and that. And then Sue, your, your final word to you. I've never seen one of the super movies ever, so I'm absolutely clueless on the superpowers. Um, what would I like to do? Maybe see into the future. That might have been good. And then we could have all... We could have I, think, all I think I'd like to see retirement somewhere in the not too distant future. But... Um, yeah, no, I'd like, I know, exactly, see into the future. I'd like to, to, to see this, um, to see this period over. Yeah, so we can all get on, get on. And, and, and be able to go into some sort of retirement, kind of uh, feeling contented after mm. all of these years. Mm. Wait, if I may just add, I think we're all looking forward to the time when this is over. But I think it's very important that we don't forget it either. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I want to thank both, uh, both of you today for, for joining us. I know there's a lot of guides and a lot of drivers and a lot of suppliers out there who, who, who really enjoy working for Odyssey International and for Church of Ireland. It's a pleasure to, to, to work with such, such great companies. And we wish you both every success uh, over the winter period and the start of next year. And hopefully we'll all get back up and running again next year and, and try and get our, ourselves uh, and, and Ireland back on the market again. So thanks to Sue Uda and Yvonne Colucci for joining me today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Fergal.